Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is Chris Saper. Chris is a former healthcare administrator, an accomplished artist, and author of the acclaimed thriller Collateral Carnage. The tagline or secondary headline in the book said, Money, Politics, Big Pharma, what can go wrong? And I knew right away this was going to be a great conversation. So Chris, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Howard, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So you've got three separate components of your career, the healthcare administrator, the the artist, and now an author of a really fascinating novel, Collateral Carnage. Now, how did you happen to start down this path of writing this kind of book? Because it's got a little bit of everything and literally, I mean, I could, I think I could be reading the newspaper and this would be a little dose of reality. So please share with us a little of your background and how you got started down this path. Oh, sure. I'm glad to. I came to Arizona in 1977 with a brand new master's degree in, in hospital administration and worked as an administrator here for 17 years. The program that I was in, even though it was a hospital administrative based program, was really a public health oriented course of study. And that's where my heart is. I believe in doing things that are right for people. I believe people should have health care. I believe that they should not lose their homes and their livelihoods because of medical debt. I am very engaged with certainly current events. And part of what I did when I came to Arizona was my very first job was being tasked with setting up the categorization of hospitals here. So the categorization, this happened in 77, and it was a nationwide program that established trauma centers, high-risk neonatal centers, high-risk cardio centers throughout the entire country. And it improved to a great extent how the pre-hospital system worked to get patients from their emergent situations into the right facility. So that is part of the process that I did that underlay some of what's happening in the book. The book is set in the near Phoenix future. And everything that informed the book, it was because I read the newspaper every day. And I'm very engaged. I think that I'm engaged with dark money. I think it's terrible. I think we got to get it out of politics. I'm engaged with healthcare, pharmaceutical companies, settlements. I mean, we see it constantly every time you open it up. My Entire career, though, both in terms of being a hospital administrator and a professional portrait painter, involved writing. All of the writing that I had done up to this point is nonfiction. And of course, in nonfiction, for it to be successful, you have to remove all ambiguity. It's got to be exactly clear what you're saying to someone, what you do when, what you do next, how you do it. Fiction to me is completely the opposite because ambiguity is at the heart of good fiction. And I think that. I, and I'm a reader of thrillers and mysteries. I'm not a historical romance. You won't read me, get me reading a biography or, or things like that. I might read mostly fiction, but definitely some political work as well. So it always puzzled me. How do people come up with these complicated plots that somehow come together at the end? And so I thought, huh, I wonder if I could do that because who's going to stop me, right? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> but no, nobody. It's something you just do on your own. And I have to say it was the most creative thing I've ever done, more creative than starting with a blank canvas, more creative than trying to resolve the underlying data for where patients are related to different hospitals and where they're likely to be here, all of that. 
was very nonfiction oriented. It was pa- position papers and it was instructional books. So I learned a lot, a huge amount, a lot in this process. But what I do know about myself, it's not in my temperament to be an outliner. It just, I did it in school because I had to, but I don't like that kind of structure. And so I just started. I had no idea who the characters would be or what was going to happen, but I kind of knew the setting and the political you know, parallel paths I wanted to establish to see about how to weave them together into a compelling tale. Sure. I'm curious, did you take a course? Did you, and they're all out there these days, did you have a mentor, a guide, or did you go buy novels for dummies? I mean, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> You, you laugh, but a guest on a prior podcast, I mean, he literally said he's used to nonfiction in his line of work. And I won't say what that was, but he literally said, I got a lot of insight from just reading, writing for dummies. So, and I'm being, so I'm being serious. How did you get that? Well, I started to study. I mean, that's how I've learned everything that I've done in my life. I just sit down and I start learning it. I find there's no area in my life where I can't find 100 experts who know much more than I do on any topic. And so I'm very good at putting my ego aside and saying, all right, what do I need to learn here? So I did. I took some online classes. I took Mark Dawson's self-publishing class, which I reference in the back of the book because it is a Bible. I swear, it is so fabulous for anyone who's self-publishing. Fantastic. And as you then started to get this education, kind of bring the ideas to fruition, did it all go just down on paper? Did you have, is there a room in the house that was devoted to the post-it notes that you keep all the lines? (laughs) No, I I do actually still use post-it notes, but I actually just do it on my little laptop wherever I go, I write. But what I did was just, I just started. And of course, I would write myself into a terrible corner and have to go, oh, now what? I guess I've got to invent another character. (laughs) But you don't want to get too many characters because even I can't keep them straight after a while. Then we're going to call you Georgina Martin for George (laughs) R.R. Martin. That would be perfectly fine. So I would just, you know, every day I would wake up and usually I would lie in bed in the early morning hours, maybe five to 6.30 or so when I just kind of sort of started to wake up and I would think about what has to happen next. And I would kind of know what I wanted to do when I get my coffee and start. It's not dissimilar from the process I've always gone through with painting. So at the end of each workday, I would look at that painting and say, all right, where are the problems? What I have to fix? So I have a plan to work on the next day. And so that's kind of how I started. And then every day I would read through what I wrote and it was pretty quick in the beginning. But after I started having to read a hundred pages every day, it became a longer process, but it it was useful for me to sort of refresh the entire picture of what was happening. Hmm. Did you give yourself a kind of a a range of, I want to write so many words or so many pages a day? Oh, no, no, no. I just, I just wrote. There are days when I would knock out 7,000 words and then there are days that I would be doing something else. So I, it's not, I, I, I haven't approached it as I would a full-time job as I had in the hospital. I would approach it more the way I have my work as a portrait painter, where I know that I have good productive time during the morning and early afternoon hours. So that's where I want to focus my energy on doing the hard work, the other part of the day for whatever else needs to happen. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about the book. We alluded to it at the beginning, or I alluded to it at the beginning when I was reading the title of the book, Collateral Carnage. I had 
incorrectly, I believe, said byline and secondary headline, I believe, money, politics, big pharma, what could go wrong? And I was thinking to myself, well, just about everything. And I was thinking the climate that we are in today, we've got government, which is not incredibly efficient at times. Sometimes I think they are very efficient. We've got this goal towards privatization, which has its pitfalls. The Veterans Administration, which is always in the news in one way or another. Big Pharma, which I think you and I can just have conversations about. <laughs> don't, get, don't get us started. Yeah, I know. Uh, don't get ourselves lo- started. Yeah. Lobbying, corruption, all these words going on. And that's in this book. And so... Tell us a little bit about the story. What's going on within the characters? Well, the story is set in Phoenix in the near future. The protagonist is PTSD therapist named Claire Wilhite. And she plays hooky one day on a Friday because she's got a boss she can't stand, work that is really challenging to her. Everything seems to be going wrong. And she's got some personal sleazy things that are happening that require her to respond on a Monday morning to a legal situation. All of this forces her then to go back unexpectedly to her office after hours on that Friday night because she doesn't have the paperwork that she needs to complete. In the process, she meets up with another therapist named Robert, who was kept after closing time and seems to be trapped in the building. Robert has discovered unexpectedly that his boss has been altering the patient records when they go in, the PTSD patient records. And he is puzzled about that. Mm. He's trying to escape. He takes the computer of, of his boss and runs out the building and steals it. And that's kind of how things start. And then, of course, the theft is discovered and they go on this wild ride. Part of what I liked, Howard, about the different themes is they, they're they not discrete. They are very interconnected both today in real life, and they have been for decades. And certainly, unless things change, we'll continue to do that in the near future. And how to tell this big story in a small way through characters that have their experiences but in some way can relate to a warning that is is put out there about this is a dangerous road that we're on and we should be paying a lot more attention than we are. Sure. I had a guest on recently. In fact, we just published the podcast and it was essentially a story about the VA system. And this the whole, whole idea, the issue was the topic of prior authorization. So as a healthcare administrator and understanding farmer, you know what prior authorizations are and the, the use of them to curtail healthcare costs and or making sure drugs are just pushed in the right area with specific populations. And I, I've got to ask, this seems to have the word screenplay written all over it. And I'm thinking a John Grisham novel. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I think it would be a great movie because, I mean, it is fast paced, it's action and, and there's no stopping it. And part of what I, I realized as I was writing and, and certainly studying is that in a really good novel, let some really, really bad things happen. And then when you think the worst is happening, throw something else at them that's even worse. And so that makes it fun to write. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, Chris, in in the time we have left, I want to make sure that our listeners get to learn more about you and your work, provide a direction to do that, be able to go out and find your book on Amazon. Of course, we're going to provide a link to Collateral Carnage on Amazon. But if our listeners want to learn more about you and your work, what's the best way to get to know you? 
the very best way, and I think the most convenient way for anyone is through email, through my website. And the website is chrissaperauthor.com. And the contact link, you could also email me. I'm the easiest person to find on social media in the entire world. So chrissaper at gmail.com. Chris Saper, author at Gmail. They'll all get me. Fantastic. And I have to give you some kudos. I mean, very nice website. And I I think that's an important part of authoring the book is making it easy for people to find out more information about you and your work and then to do something with that information. Now, I, I noticed on the website too, you had a short story out there. Tell us about that. Well, this is kind of, it was one of the early things that I did. It was a contest, I think, that I I read about and and the limit was 1500 words. Well, I can barely introduce myself in 1500 words. <laughs> so that was going to be a challenge. And so taking that tiny format and being able to write a complete story, it's also set further into the future and helps me in the same way that collateral carnage has, I think, grapple with things that upset me or frighten me or make me angry. And this has to do with some unknown toxicity that's happening. In fact, it's happening right in your neighborhood in Chicago, by the way. Oh boy. Looking out on Lake Michigan. Uh-huh. And 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 a relationship between an older man and a young grandson and finding that they are alone at the end of the world and how it manifests itself in the love that this man has for his grandchild. Fantastic. And we'll definitely help folks understand. They go out to the website. You can get a link to the short story there. Just share your name and email address with Chris and you get a copy. I know I'm going to go out right after this podcast is over and get some fiction to read because Heaven knows I read a lot of nonfiction, even though a lot of our guests here are uh, fiction writers. Before we let you go, I'd love if you could share with our audience your contribution to a, we call it Insight to Go. It's some piece of information, advice, something you saw that would kind of help our audience resonate more with you and your work or give them advice. And if they're interested in sitting down and writing, what would that be? I guess it's the same advice I gave to my students when I was teaching portrait painting. You just don't give up. I did a keynote address some years ago for a group in Connecticut, and I opened the lecture with a slide that said failure. And it was a picture of Michael Jordan in a dark hallway. And there was a commercial that I recalled from several years ago where he's bouncing a basketball, the echo in an empty gym all black and white and a little bit off kilter. And all it's got is some text and it says, Michael Jordan has missed 14,828 free throws. He was personally responsible for losing 22 games. Those kind of statistics. And at the end, he said, and that's why I'm a champion because I don't give up. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And is sharing time out of your day, your creative day, with us here on the Success Inside podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed having you with us. Let me also say thank you so much for the opportunity. And this has been fun. You're a very, very easy person to have a conversation with. Fantastic. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right, folks, there you have it. We have been chatting with Chris Saper. And Chris is a former healthcare administrator, an accomplished artist. I'm going to let you all figure out what that means. It's pretty impressive. And the reason Chris was with us today is we got to learn a little bit more about her thriller, Collateral Carnage. And so do go out to her website, Chris 
saperauthor.com. We'll provide the links to it on our show notes, as well as the link back to Amazon. So you can find the book there. And as she had said, she's prolific on social sites. So we know she's on Facebook and I'm sure some other sites as well. So once you get to that website, you'll be able to go in a lot of different directions and do pick up a copy of her short story, Skybox. Well, there you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. We'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.